0: Good afternoon, everyone. It is Dr. Nigro again with our next episode of Psychology Unplugged. As always, a heartfelt uh, thank you and gratitude for supporting this podcast and for your comments and kind words on Instagram that we are still figuring out. I think Julie is taking a course on Instagram and how to Get more stuff out there uh, and trying to look for different opportunities and avenues to grow the podcast and just. Uh, continue being an advocate for for mental health um, and I think I mentioned this last week just it 's such a privilege that people come from all different parts of the world uh literally for me to test them uh, and it 's truly humble and that 's something I am mindful of and uh, values that my parents still to in me that i you never lose sight of that humility and I view myself as a perpetual student um, so uh, if I haven't gotten back to you, uh, I'm, I do my best, uh, and, and I appreciate your patience. So uh, I will give you my contact information again. Uh, texting, texting me tends to be the best way to get a hold of me. Um I I check my emails, but I'm just inundated with you know evals and writing them and I'm because I'm so anal with testing, it's why it takes a long time for me to write the evals, because I will never do a cookie cutter approach. I customize every eval individual to the person. So that's uh probably the more time consuming part. But as as I've as I've learned uh in the amount of time doing this. The most popular topics are the personality disorders. And someone had texted me the other day uh, if I could talk, uh, that I mentioned work by John Bowlby and Mary Ainsworth um, with respect to attachment which is I've alluded to it quite a bit uh, specifically as it relates to with borderline personality disorder. Um, so I thought it was a great topic uh, for this one. Uh, I made a lot of notes and typed some stuff up. Uh, I've kept every book. I think this is another you know, remnant of my my mother growing up, uh, who was such an avid reader and uh, helped me develop an eclectic vocabulary um that she never threw a book out and i have never thrown a book out either so i went back to my books um because i could talk about attachment but i wanted to come from a more be more precise because i know there's a lot of students that listen to our program so i wanted to be more um be more spot on so not i'm not reading them extrapolate, but uh i did have a little extra time this week to actually put some stuff together so uh, let's talk about attachment because it really is a, a tremendously important area uh, in terms of, of, of human development, uh, human connectedness, and really can be the, the depending on the, the attachment styles, uh, can be the ontogenesis of uh, many different types of personalities, whether they're disordered or not. Um so you know the concept of of, of attachment um well the, well the well the roots of attachment really began with Freud's theories um but further research is really kind of what we focus on uh so like 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 John Bowlby um so so what what is attachment so attachment is basically their attachment styles that, that are characterized by different ways of of interacting and, and behaving in relationships. And during early childhood, early adolescence, these attachment styles uh are really centered on how children and parent or parental figures interact biological foster adoptive whatever so this is really you know i've talked about personality being crystallized between five and eight years of age you think how scary that is and uh there's no handbook on how to raise a child um Children, the Challenge is a great book. Uh was written by Rudolf Dreikers, and uh, I would highly recommend that. It's a classic book. Uh, you can probably get it on Amazon, but I, I remember reading that in my doctoral program. It was a, a, a tr- tremendous, tremendous book. Um, so what, what is attachment? So attachment is basically this, this it's, it's kind of a special emotional relationship that, that involves an exchange. And the, it's an exchange of comfort, care, and pleasure. Um, and like I said, John Bowlby is really the, even though Freud developed it, Bowlby really did a lot of the initial legwork to really figure out attachment. Uh, and his definition is it's a lasting psychological connectedness between human beings. And, you know, attachment, you know, we, I mean, we, we don't get attached to poles, we don't get attached to you know remote controls, um, but I guess we should, sometimes we can become attached in different ways to inanimate objects. but you know are we, we're, we're social creatures, we're social beings so we, we, we naturally interact with each other on a daily basis. Um, so you know what kind of had more of like a psycho analytic view. of of attachment. And basically that early experiences in childhood are important for influencing the development and behavior later in life. So that makes a lot of sense. So what what we learn from our parents or our caregivers is is how to act. And, 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 you know, as children, we are passive recipients of what we witness and what we see. And, you know, Conflict resolution, uh, you know, vast majority. me, if you just step back and look at your childhood, uh, how much of you know, how much you know, did you did you, t- did you replicate what your parents did in terms of how you show affection, or did you go the other way and do the complete opposite because you didn't want to go that route? So really, uh, it's a lot of this is it's about it's about learning. So, our early attachment styles are really established in childhood through, like, infant caregiver relationships. And, and Boldly really believed that attachment had an evolutionary component. Uh, it, it aids in survival. And, you know, we're designed to do one of two. We're designed to do basically one thing, two things, survive and procreate. Um and his his quote is, the propensity to make strong emotional bonds to particular individuals is a basic component of human nature. So, you know, from a fundamental survivalist perspective, it's a basic component. Uh, I don't think Maslow talked about this necessarily in a hierarchy of needs. You know, his base, you know, his base level was, it's probably somewhere in there, but food, water, air, and shelter, are really are the kind of things that we need, because without those, we really can't go much further. Um... Without being able to sustain sustain ourselves. So um, Bowie kind of had four distinguishing characteristics of attachment. Okay. The first one he called proximity maintenance. Now, this is the desire to be near to people we are attached to. So we want to maintain proximity, and proximity is closeness. So there is a desire, which means a want, a choice to be the people we are attached to and you know this you know i think sometimes this can cut both ways you would think you know you want to be attached to somebody or we want to be attached to somebody who is healthy and 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 providing for us and is caring but there are sometimes people if they're living in a dysfunctional environment may gravitate towards dysfunction and if that's all they're exposed to they may know nothing else um and you figure that out later in life and through diagnostics and therapy. Uh, the the second characteristic of attachment he he labeled safe haven. This is returning to the attachment figure for comfort and safety in the face of a fear or threat. So you know, as, as children, you know are using parents just as as a, as a for simplicity. Um, but I mean it could be an aunt, an uncle, just so a caregiver. So the safe haven, the attachment figure is is the safe haven. It's where we go. We go into our mother's arms, we go into our father's arms for, for safety. And if if safe haven really relates to, you know, if Bowlby's saying it's it's about survival, safe haven's about survival. I perceive that there the child perceives that there's some threat or danger, they go to the safe haven for comfort and reassurance uh the third one is a sec- uh, secure base this is where the attachment figure acts as a base of security from which the child can explore the surrounding environment so as children get a little older you know mom is in the kitchen and maybe the child is not af- afraid to be staying in their room uh not afraid to venture out into playing in the front yard because the base the the, the parent is the secure base uh and the fourth one is separation distress. This is when anxiety that occurs in the absence of the attachment figure. So this can be, you know, children, so if the attachment figure is gone, the child can become, you know, they if they perceive uh, there is a threat to their psychological or physical safety, uh, they're going to experience, they can experience separation distress. Um but Bowlby also had he had three three propositions about attachment theory. All right, uh, and I'm surprised I was able to pull this stuff out. Uh, first, he suggested that, that that when children are raised with confidence, that their primary caregiver will be available to them, they're less likely to experience fear than those raised without such a conviction. That makes a lot of sense. So if you're raised with with, with confidence that I know what I, I know mom is going to be there, I know dad is going to be there, uh, these these children are are likely um are less likely to experience fear, anxiety, apprehension. Uh, second, uh, he believed that this conference is forged during a critical period of development during the years of infancy, child and adolescence. Again to what I talked about where we know these crucial years when personality is is becoming crystallized, which is the belief about the self, other people, the world around you, the conclusions and therefores that you draw uh, and then the expectations that are formed during that period tend to remain relatively unchanged. For the rest of someone's life Until we get it, it, Unless it gets into the, the realm of You know, psychopathology And you get into the realm of personality disorders And um that's a, that's a, you know I've talked about it before, that's a different topic But this is really the, this is the origin Before, you know we Personality disorders would even manifest it, It's what is the What is the attachment style And then Thirdly, uh he suggested that these experiences are formed that are formed are directly tied to experience. Uh, children develop experience, expectations that their caregivers will be responsive to their needs because, in their experience, their care, caregivers have been responsive to their needs in the past. So, if mom is nurturing, there's an expectation that you know several days go go by, uh, mom's still going to be nurturing again. Uh, And there's expectations. And you can see how this kind of would play out. Um, You know, ideally, you're going to have secure attachments. Um, Insecure attachments lead to a whole host of other types of issues that, that I will talk about in a few minutes. So now, switch to the work of Mary Ainsworth uh she's famous for what was called the strain situation uh and with 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 the strain situation the um it was like uh, this: uh, the parent and child are alone in a room, okay uh the child kind of explores the room with 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 mom or dad there with parental supervision. uh third, a stranger enters the room. And starts talking to the parent and approaches the child. Fourth, the parent quietly leaves the room. And five, the parent returns uh, and comforts the child. And what Ainsworth concluded from this study is that there's three major styles of attachment. Secure attachment, ambivalent insecure attachment, and avoidant insecure attachment um so interesting with 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 so we talk about secure attachment characteristics so kids who are securely attached generally become visibly upset when their caregivers leave and they're happy when they return um and when they're frightened, these children seek comfort from the parent or caregiver, and I, I'm talking about an a typical idealized family. We're not I'm not talking about psychopathology. I'm just simply talking about the whole concept of attachment, because you know there's many situations where there is dysfunction that can often spill into different categories and and impact uh, the development of the self in so many negative negative ways. So, so Just, again, just backing up that. I'm just describing ideal situations. Uh, So with with the uh, secure attachment characteristics, uh, the contact initiated by a parent is readily accepted by securely attached children. Um, And they greet the return of a parent with positive behavior. Um, While these children can be comforted to some extent by other people in the absence of a parent or caregiver, they clearly prefer the parents to strangers. Um, now, sometimes you you know, so if you look sometimes to pathology, you can kind of see maybe you know if you're overly securely attached, maybe there's some dependency. Um, and this is where you know a lot of people have asked, like you know, or or I've talked to, or texted, or emailed, or contacted me about growing up uh, as they listen to the episodes on personality disorders. That they think their mother, or father may have had one. And a lot of times, their mother, and you know the effects on you know themselves in adulthood or even late late teenage, early adolescence. Um, you know, doesn't do borderline parents create borderline children? Very likely, um, but again, look for the outliers. Not every case is identical um other other characteristics of secure attachments is that is that parents of securely attached children tend to play more with their kids uh, they respond more quickly to their kids needs they're more responsive to their children uh than their parents of insecurely attached children and then um research has also shown that securely attached children tend to be more empathetic uh, during later stages of childhood. And I think that prob- probably relates to the fact that if they're in distress and they go to mom or dad because they feel securely attached and their anxiety is assuaged, their fears are assuaged, and they, they see, I you know, X cause Y, I'm, I'm in pain, I go to mom, she comforts me, you know, that's showing empathy. It makes sense why the research has shown that these kids can tend to be more empathetic because they've they've been on the receiving end of empathy. So I think it makes sense that they would be more likely to show or demonstrate empathy. Um, what else we got? Uh, where are they? All right, so... Secure attachment—that—that—that—that's your I, I, ideal situation, you know. In—in—you uh, know—in a kind of a ideal world, which doesn't really exist. So now you have the ambivalent attachment characteristics. So kids who are ambivalently attached, these—they tend to be really suspicious of strangers. Uh, they display considerable distress when they're separated from a parent or caregiver. Uh, And they don't seem to be reassured by the return of the parent or caregiver. And in some cases, the kids actually passively reject the parent by refusing their comfort, or they may openly show aggression towards the parent, like, how dare you leave me? Um, And this can start to lead to possibly opposition defiant disorder uh, disruptive mood dysregulation disorder um, who knows it could be an anti-social personality uh, but you would think you know the ambivalent attachments and ambivalence are really kind of un- is really uncertainty Um <sighs> Um uh, so as as adults who have ambivalent attachment styles are often reluctant about becoming close to other people and worry that their partner does not reciprocate their feelings. Um they they tend to have frequent breakups uh often because the relationship feels cold and distant. So this could be your avoidant personality disorder, your schizoid, schizotypal. Uh I don't think I've done schizotypal yet, but I will. Um so that, you know, the ambivalent attachment and the third the, the, the avoidant attachments now children with avoidant attachments tend to re- avoid parents and caregivers uh, and, and the avoidance becomes really pronounced after a period of absence uh, they reject attention from a parent um, they, they they excuse me they might not reject attempt, a, attention from a parent but th- neither do they seek out comfort or or contact and kids with an avoidant attachment style show no preference between a parent and a complete stranger. So, you know, as adults, you know, with avoidant attachments, tend to really have, have, have a lot of difficulty with intimacy and close relationships. Um, they don't invest much emotion in relationships and experience little distress when a relationship ends so uh i would say the avoidant attachments would probably not be so much borderline because borderlines have a lot of extreme emotional distress if there's you know perceived um threat uh that um the relationship is going to end. the love you. I hate you, and whatnot. So, um, and the fourth one is is the disorganized attachments. Um, and children with a disorganized insecure attachment show they lack of a just show a lack of a clear attachment behavior. Uh, the reactions of these it, these kids are, are are really mixed mixed behaviors, uh, avoidance or resistant. Um, They they kind of show like dazed behaviors, uh, sometimes seeming confused or apprehensive in the presence of a caregiver. Um, And, you know, the inconsistency again, this is a lot of, in terms of attachment, a lot of what children are doing in response to the reactions of their primary caregivers. I mean, language is still developing. you know developmental milestones, but you know the secure. I think the, I think really I, I would break it down. I would say really secure and insecure attachments are the really the the two main ones. And just because you have secure attachments, does not you know growing up does not uh, inoculate you from problems later in life. Uh, attachment is, you know, again that that emotional relationships that involves an in exchange, and that's what relationships are. It's, it's an exchange of uh, whether it's you know intimacy or or sexuality, um, whether it's um, being emotionally available, whether it's uh, you know conflict resolution. So, you know, attachment, uh, I'm, I'm really glad whoever texted me brought this up because, one, it made me go back to my books because I wanted to have more specific notes um, for this one, just as, you know, if, uh, obviously I incorporate talking off the top of my head into all this stuff, but... Uh, I I really kind of break it down into secure and insecure attachments. And as someone who does diagnostics for a living and um, really when you get getting into the personality disorders, you start to see, um, you know, it it makes sense. Whereas we can change the past. uh, But if you've ever done an Elyrian lifestyle assessment is a great tool. Uh, It's pretty extensive, but it, it, you kind of paint the picture backwards. Um, And, and the stories of people uh, generally for the vast majority of people uh, make sense. There's always going to be an anomaly where like, where's this coming from? Uh, Sometimes that's because there's something, there's organicity going on or something pathophysiological, but you can, if you, you know, if we're talking about personality disorders, um, it's it, it makes sense from when I'm getting my background information and you're hearing the story of, you know, growing up and what these children saw and witnessed and talk about attachment, uh, which is definitely an area that I explore with people. It, 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 it's like, yeah, it kind of makes sense what's going on. It doesn't mean a personality disorder. No, it could be Depression you know if you if 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 you had insecure attachments you know you may not do really well in relationships and you feel lonely and 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 you're sad that's not a personality disorder that's just a function and I think helping people understand that um and you know this stuff you can't you know we can't go back and change the past of uh, of the lives of, of the people that sit across from us, but we can certainly and i think it's it's important to shed insight into you know what was what was the responsibility of um you know your what was what was it like growing up how did mom show affection how did dad show affection how did how did how did they resolve conflict you know what did you do when you were scared you know if you were having a night tear did mom and dad come in um were you left to self soothe on your own and you know i think it it, it cuts across uh it, it we're human so we're we are all subject to having we've all developed a different styles of attachment um you know the out of out of sight out of mind um you know can be uh like like julie's not here but i know she's gonna be back she she went uh to see her daughter, who's lived just down the block, but she's not here. But I, I'm, I'm, conf- I'm not panicking. I'm not, I'm not freaking out because I know she's going to come back. Um, you know, there could be somebody else who's sitting doing a podcast and their 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 partner's not here, and they're freaking out. Uh, so it's really an individualized thing, and you have to look at, you know. Uh, attachments are going to, attachment styles are going to really manifest themselves if they're problematic in relationships. And that's where you see a lot of the personality disorders are, you know, relationally uh, driven, but um, have, a, have a high degree of, of relationship, comp- what's the word? Uh are strongly are strongly correlated with with relational aspects, uh, and you know attachment is something that is really something you know if you you know if you thinking of becoming a parent uh, or have really young kids, I would read up on on attachment style. Uh, you can get books by Bowlby. Uh, I like Bowlby's work. Uh, Mary Ainsworth. I like her work. Freud. I don't really, really pay a lot of attention to. Um, but again, out of respect, you know, he was the first person to develop a psychological theory to explain human behavior. Even though he could trace, you know, different explanations back to you know thousands of years ago um, with Hippocrates and the four humors. Um, so we've we've come a long way, but have a long way to go. Uh, but I I I I I like I think someone asked me the other day, like, why do I like personality disorders? And I just said. I I guess because it's it's the totality of the person. And when you can really, uh, because you don't really see it, but but we have tests that are able to pick up on things, and there's the science and the art of diagnostics of being able to to determine stuff. I guess the point I'm trying to make is, by the time I get to the end analysis and the final diagnosis, and you look at the trajectory of someone's life and how they grew up, it all fits together. It makes sense. Um, you know, as adults, uh, you know, even later adolescents, you know, we, we all, we have, we have choices. Um, we have the ability to choose what we want. Uh, sometimes we make bad choices. Sometimes we make good choices. Uh, it's never good to make a choice based on emotion, um, you know, Sometimes reckless spending or emotional eating—you hear about that kind of stuff. So emotional decisions don't tend to be that good, um, again. But it depends on what what the situation is. But I, you know, if it's a major decision like you know buying a house, buying a car, getting married, so like that, I, I definitely think about those things prior to um, uh, prior to in finalizing that decision and you know the question i've always tell patients i've worked with is what is interesting it's the why and you know if you had you know attachment styles or you know growing up you can pretty much figure out what the attachment style is by by asking just questions about what was, you know what was childhood like and you know the questions that's you know relate to that um it, 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 I think it helps people get some clarity like, oh, yeah, they kind of have that aha moment because we, a lot of us go through life on autopilot. We just do the same thing and we go this. But when you stop and you think and you start to dissect your own life and you'll be like, huh, yeah, you know, and you have to come to the realization that I can't go back and change the development of your attachment style. But through, through you know, cognitive role therapy. Can restructure how you you know view yourself, view other people, view the world around you, and the conclusions that you draw, and that's why you can change personality. Um, So it's not it's not as hardwired as people think, and you know, personality disorders are are treatable, especially borderline. And I've said this again; I will continue to say this that it is treatable and it is curable. But again, the importance of diagnostics is is so crucial because it really really is able to give so much detail that you just can't get to in in, in just you know you know 45 minutes a week or, or an hour a week or um however frequently that you're you're in, in, in therapy. So uh hopefully this was helpful. Um you know I don't, don't want to bore you with all the different research studies and stuff like this but um it was it was good for me because I talked about this uh You know, then I started going through all my old books, and I found all—I still have all my folders Or binders from grad school. So I was able to pull. Actually, I found the Adlerian uh, lifestyle assessment. So um, I don't know many people who do it, but it really is able to really—it's an—it's an incredible tool. Um, So if you're a therapist out there and you really want to get a good, good grasp on, you know. The the you know the infrastructure of someone's development um, it's, it's a great tool to use so hopefully this was uh, like I said helpful um, it definitely plays itself out uh, really a lot of times attachment plays itself out with personality but it could also play itself out with other you know it could be OCD it could be anxiety disorders could be you know depression, um, bipolarity, maybe, probably not so much since that's uh, neurotransmission. But um, yeah, the foundations of how we grow up uh, and, and the stamps that are put on us by our early childhood experiences. And we all have a desire to feel safe and we all have a need to feel safe. Uh, and I'm not talking about somebody who's in a manic episode of, of bipolar where they really, no regard for the Consequences because dopamine is flooding the system, but just um, you know, take a look uh, at your you know if, if you're struggling, you know, take a look and see if any of this is related. Look at your relationships. Uh, that that's going to be your guide uh, to you know your attachment. You know, are you replicating what you grew up with? Are you are you doing the opposite of what you grew up with because you you believe that to be inappropriate or incorrect or just for whatever reason but um definitely in a very very important part uh of developmental psychology but also a very important part of diagnostics and psychotherapy because it's really you know how we attach to people um really can be either great uh could be problematic could be pathological um but i'm glad that whoever suggested this topic um it was a, it was a perfect one because i'm Personality disorders are the one that I talk about the most. So uh, I have uh, more topics. Feel free to text me and email me. Like I said, I can't. Some I can't. I don't think I can do full half hour on it. But I, you know, if I can do like I'm open to do like a question and answer. Uh, if I get enough questions and just kind of bang those out. So, but Julie and I are thinking of more uh, creative things to expand. And uh, again. Um, you feel free to reach out to me through Psychology Unplugged Outlook.com. Um, you can get a hold of me through Psychology Today. Uh, you can follow us on uh, Instagram. We'll see if this. Whatever course Julie is taking is going to improve that. Um, It's uh, psychology underscore, unplugged underscore uh, on Instagram. And you can contact me directly at 617-750-9411, East Coast Standard Time in the United States. Until next time, take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. Question everything. and Go back to the state that I've used. I haven't used in a long time, but it's one... I shared with somebody the other day, Abraham Maslow, learned to become independent of the good opinions of other people. Easier said than done, but it's a key to liberation for a world filled with social comparison. Um, And it's just, it's really, I think... uh, just an an amazing quote. And, And also Eleanor Roosevelt, no one can make you unhappy without you. No one can make you unhappy without your permission. So thanks for all your help, your support, feedback. I will talk to you guys next week. Bye, guys.